Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Oh, hi. Hi there. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes. Right in a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man. I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Going postal. What up? Fran, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Uh, This uh Kansas uh it is donkey? A, it, is, it is a Kansas. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it is a Kentucky Mule. Uh, oh, okay. I, sh- I showed Fran my bartending skills with yeah. a nice little cocktail before we got started. We're gonna get a little slizzed while while podcasting. Gonna do, uh, do a little a little uh, sipping pod. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what do you think? But man? this is that's, that's a whiskey cocktail. Delicious, man. I know you don't really get bang bang with whiskey no, like that. This but is delicious, but really you can't tell. even tell. Yeah. That's that's, that's that's the whole key. That's how I like my. I drinks. have the taste buds of a delicate lady. Yeah. Like like a delicate lady of like sixty five. Yeah. I like like white wine spritzers and things like that. But I'm trying to expand my palate and mm-hmm. learn how to incorporate, you know, alcohols that people are like, ugh, yuck, scotch whiskey. Yeah. You know, whatever, any kind of thing like that. So now I'm trying to implement that into cocktails that taste delicious. Mm-hmm. And this is the one I'm on right now, the kick I'm on right now, this Kentucky Mule. Yeah, this really is delicious. It. You can't, I like them how you can't tell. It's just like that fruity. It's just like oh yeah, that's those nice are the taste. best ones to get fucked up on. I like those. Yeah, I'll I'll make like it's a bit of a process because you gotta squeeze the lime juice fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll just bang out like five of these in a night. Jesus. Watch t- you know binge watching the TV show with Sierra, and then you get a nice buzz. But I like don't the, blame you though. By like the third one, you got a nice warm buzz. But that's how I like it though. Yeah, I like, I'm not I like slow to, buzz. Uh, yeah, I, I, Every, like I don't want to get, get like fucked three, up from one drink. Yeah, I yeah. Get three of them in, and you like, I'm right where I need to it's be. It's only an ounce of whiskey in this. Yeah. So it takes you about five of them before you really like. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. A, I'm gonna have one more, and I'm gonna stop. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm gonna stop here. I, I like where I'm at. Yeah. But anything like a Long Island iced tea, anything where it's just all alcohol. It's just you get strong. fucked up off one drink. It's, it's like no, strong. no. I like to enjoy. I like to make if I'm listening to music. I like to dance and vibe. If I'm watching TV, I want to at least watch. One or two episodes before I'm like, I can't even look at the yeah. TV anymore. I don't like drinking, having drinks, and you taste it and go, well, I go, whoa. Yeah, this your mouth is, is on fire and everything. That's not enjoyable it. for anybody. It's not. I got into wine, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I'm going to try to get into whiskey just to try to, you know, un- understand the complexities and what's good whiskey and what's not good whiskey. And then I realized, you know what, man? It's all bad whiskey to me. There's some whiskeys that are smoother than other ones, but I'm just really trying to fall into, like, these old played out stereotypes of what a man is and drinking just out 
alcohol straight. It's yeah. disgusting. I'm not going to yeah. pretend like, oh, you know, uh, a good age scotch whiskey. No, thank you. I don't like it. I don't care how many ice cubes is in it. If there's an ice cube, I got right. You know, I got the big. I got the big squares in here. Whatever's mm. in it, it doesn't matter. It, it. I don't like the taste of whiskey. So I can enjoy whiskey inside of a cocktail, and yeah. that's what I am. I'm a cocktail guy. I like to muddle things. Mm-hmm. I like to pull out the jigger and get the, you know, the ounces and the measurements right and everything like that. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe burn an orange peel. I enjoy that. I don't. Want, I don't need to just drink alcohol straight. Yeah, me either. So that's where I'm at with things. But uh, anyway, sorry not to go off to doing tanks. Oh no, please. I can talk. I am doing great. My new hobby. Uh, yes, I'm doing great. Late night recording tonight. Yeah. Can you can you believe that uh, clubs are open? Man, people don't give a fuck, man. Have you seen uh, footage of Tampa Bay right now? I've seen footage of uh, a club here open. <laughs> yeah, man. People it's were like, like, what's the point? It defeats oh, the purpose of being in a club and have a mask on. Yeah, that's crazy. That's the craziest <laughs> shit. People are like, oh, you know, I'm at a house party with a thousand people, yeah. but I'm wearing a mask, so yeah. it's safe. It's, so no, it's, to- you just take it off. You just—it's—it's it's over. It's a wrap. You gotta keep pulling down a drink to have a sip of your drink. I don't, yeah, I don't. I—I I, I, again, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I have no interest in going to a club, a bar, even really a restaurant, man. I just don't want to have to. You know, you have your moments where you're at the table and everything's normal, and it's like I have to yeah. go to the bathroom, and then somebody's like, "Hey, sir, put your mask on, please." Yeah. I don't. I just want to go and just have a normal time. Anything like that is gonna bum me out, and I don't want to. I don't want to have some half-hearted outing. Yeah. You know, I like to get dappered up and, and, and step out and go to a nice restaurant and mm-hmm. everything like that. I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite things. You can still do that. I know, but I don't I don't like the idea of when I'm, you know, while you're waiting and then you go to the bathroom and all that stuff. You have that. to put on the mask in between. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't want to have this weird because it's going to remind me that like, oh, it's a pandemic. We shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. That's just how I that's my personal feelings about it. But going to a club is crazy. Yeah. You know, like, that's the most ridiculous thing. You got the hookahs out. We've talked about this right wow. now. I think hookahs really exacerbated the pandemic beyond belief. Man. Never did hookah. Don't plan on doing it ever. Oh. It, was, it, it was cool in 2009. Mm. I mean, if you're doing it for cultural reasons, whatever. You like to smoke hookah, you're, you know. What is the point? Whoever smokes hookah. It's tobacco. It's flavored. It's it's a, it's a vibe. That's really mostly what it is. It's a vibe. You got the, the music, smoke you got, cool. You got the music bumping. Okay. You know, it's, it's cultural. Yeah. Most of the people in America that are doing it is not cultural. Yeah. Um, but... It's a vibe. You blow smoke. You got the thing, the little hose in your hand. It just yeah. looks cool. You can take it's pictures cool, yeah. and things like that. A bunch of stupid, goofy shit like that. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not here to judge people, man. No, I, I take that back. I am. If you're in a club right now, it's crazy, man. I know they announced that the the, the uh, vaccines are rolling out. But you, if you're if you're clubbing, you're not on the list of uh, immediate people that are going to get the vaccine. So it doesn't change your life. You don't have the vaccine and nobody around you has it. You're just making things worse. Yeah. So stop clubbing. I don't feel like I should have to say that. Wow. Anyway, friend, it's been a busy week. You know, last mm-hmm. week we got a phone call. A couple of our little low-level podcast friends were like, oh, please, can you huh, can you come to our podcast? We could use <laughs> the Numbers Boost, the hottest true crime podcast in this gym. We were like, okay, listen, Paul, Billy, <laughs> we'll bless you. You know, and I hope that I hope that we went over there and did some numbers for them. You know, I hope we, yeah. I hope we boost their uh, listenership. I think and, we did. You know, I mean, you know, I'm, all, I'm always trying to help the little guy out, mm-hmm. you know. So any, any kind of way we can help and reach out and pull up somebody – you know, use our immense platform to help help out the little guy. That's just what I like to do. Yeah. You know, um, you know, in all seriousness, though, uh, we did the murder squad last week. Every time, you know, it was the second time we did it. Every time we do it, the, yeah. there, those uh, the the murder squad uh, family comes through, shows about a lot of support. It was really awesome. It's been really awesome to get all the uh, notifications and 
yeah. love and downloads and everything like that. So if you're listening to this over from Murder Squad, welcome. And I hope that we can provide you a, a level of entertainment that helps you stick around. But if you if you don't, if, you know, if we're not your cup of tea, that's fine, too. God bless. You know, yeah. uh, again, uh, shout out to Polly and Paul and, and Billy over there and everybody at the uh, Exactly Right family that, you know, show us so much love. And yeah, love it's, it's been they, they really uh, help make 2020 uh, really good for the podcast. And um, it's always just good to hang out with them and have a good time. Yep. Um, but enough of that sappy shit. Thank you to thank you to you guys. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. What do you? I'm not gonna cry. I'm. I'm, I'm not gonna cry about it. It's whatever. I'm it's fine, angry. man. Like it's cool. You know, like people. You know, uh, reach out and, and show you love and, and, and um, boost your platform. And, and, but you uh, said you wasn't gonna cry. I said I'm not crying. But you know, it's really cool when people do stuff like that <clears throat> and look out for you and don't expect things in return. And it's just really, uh, it's, it's in, a, in a time Are like you all right? I'm, yeah, man. You better have too many weird. of those uh, Oregon. Uh, it's a Kentucky mule. I don't. Okay. You're going to every state, but the one I said. But you know, uh, no. Again, thank you to Paul and Billy and the Murder Squad family and everybody over Exactly Right for showing us love and support. And uh, yeah, but anyway, friend, let's talk about let's talk about some current event stuff before we jump into. A lot of a lot of shout outs we gotta do this week, man. You got a lot? A lot of shout outs. Oh yeah. Outs, man. You know, like yeah, long list, laundry mm, list of shout outs, man. That's what I like. Um I wanted to touch on I just wanted to give a shout out to this lady named Tessica. She provided me a lot of entertainment this Tessica. week. Tessica. Tessica, yeah. Mm. She's she's doing she's doing well, but people you might not know for I don't know how much you've been on social media the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. But she um uh, put gorilla glue spray in her hair. Saw that. And Saw uh that. I guess her she name ran, is Tessica. Her name is Tessica. Okay. Uh, I guess she ran out of whatever spray she uses typically, sheen, yeah. oil sheen or whatever she uses to lay her hair down. And so she was like, I'm going to use this industrial grade glue <laughs> that you use to like, you know, fix a door or, or like a home project, like building a patio. Yeah. She sprayed that on her scalp and her hair looks laid and bomb. Her hair looks amazing. Mm-hmm. She's got this like, these finger waves yeah, and everything like side. that. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. It's all sheeny, but it's stuck like that. Her head is like a like a Wii character. Like her hairstyle is just stuck like that. Yeah. And so for the last three days, she's been putting up pic- videos of her putting washing her hair because she's like, y'all, it's just stuck like what, this. What water? Everything. Uh, water, shampoo, products. I mean, she's put all kind of products in her hair. She got a perm where they put like. You know, products that break down the hair, yeah. nothing. It's just stuck like that. It's incra- It's the craziest shit I've ever seen. But she put up a post today. She went to the emergency room. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I think that, you know, whatever. Hopefully, I think that it's, she's going to have to just be bald. Yeah. And that's cool. Like, whatever. You know, people learn. and, and uh, um, That's where stupidity gets you. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw some. I just, because you, you said a thing a, a few episodes back where you were like, man, you know, if jumping out of a window became a trend, people would do that. Yeah. And I saw, I've seen videos of people putting gorilla spray in their hair. You know, because she got attention from it. They're like, oh, I want to get atten- I want to get attention like that. So um, I have no really hope for society uh, left. It's really it's, it's, it dwindles every day. Um, <laughs> it's like, people are just stupid, man. I really we are. We are. I think we're like in the fall of Rome, you know, like Rome was this great empire. And then uh, like they got they got complacent. You know, mm-hmm. they, didn't ha- they had nothing left to conquer. They were the, you know, the most feared nation and all that goofy shit. And then they just started, you know eating themselves from within, you mm-hmm. know, like it was just like, you know, bread and circuses, you know, they kept people distracted. They had, you know, gladiator fights and everything. And mm-hmm. then, you know, eventually the empire just fell. Cause yeah. you know, they, they, they just, they had, they reached their, they reached their peak. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe the aliens need to come and just kind of reestablish balance. 
Yeah. We need to be like scared again. Like we're it's just like there's no lions or nothing that's like, you know, makes us not be stupid. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about from a like a, a biological level, we need to be scared again. I understand fear of like guns and things like that, but we just we need like a new apex predator. We need something that's like you're not the top of the food chain anymore. As a human. I'm yeah. not talking about race or any of that shit, social construct. I'm talking about humans. Humans are stupid. And I, th- I think we've reached our peak, man. I don't know. That's, that's uh, just, I don't know. You go on TikTok. You say that. Go on TikTok. Oh, I'm on TikTok. Okay, well, then I don't know why you're fighting me on this. No, but you said you think we hit a, like a new low. What did you, what did you just it's, say? Well, it's just a peak. Like, a I peak, think, yeah. I, think I don't, humans I don't are just think as, so. What do you mean? Like it can get worse? It can get worse. Oh, I know. Oh, I, oh yes. I mean, peak is like as good as it's going to get, and now we're falling off the cliff. That's what I mean when I say oh, okay, that. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah, I think it's only going to get worse. <laughs> it's just people are just, it's yeah. just crazy, man. But anyway. All right, friend, it's time to celebrate. Had a little mix up there. Now I got everything sorted, so now it's officially time to celebrate. Okay, good. Bear with me, friend. It's going to be a long list. You got a lot of shout-outs. Thanks, you know, thanks thanks to uh, Murder Squad. You got to flood Thank up you. some new listeners, and I think that they went over and heard about the, the extra content. Yeah, I, so, I, I think my dream of, coming, of becoming a, a, movie, a movie producer is, is, is on its way, man. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure people are going to hear that stuff and be like, this dude should... We should give him money to make these movies in real life. Uh, starting with the first name, we're going to go with Joel B. Shout out to Joel B. Thank you for the support. Thank you for signing on to our Patreon. We, ap- we appreciate the support immensely. Uh, up next, we got Brandy A. Brandy A, shout out to you. Thank you, Brandy A. You're awesome. It looks like maybe you're eating a pancake or something. I don't know. Uh, up next, we got Lindsay M. Lindsay M, you are awesome. Thank you so much. It's just a fox. I don't know. I can't really you know, discern anything from your picture. It's a fox. Uh, up next, we got Ashley with two E's. F okay. and I like your last name even though I'm not gonna say it. Up next we got Elena S. Elena, shout out to you. Thank you so much for the support. Up next we got Jennifer G. I don't know the full name, but all I can see on the stream on the screen is gang. So gang gang. Jennifer gang gang. Shout out to you. Up next we got Rebecca C. Rebecca C. Shout out to you. Uh, up next, Chloe, we got Chloe with no H, just C-L-O-E, and then no last okay. name. Maybe she's a pop artist. I don't know. Shout out to you, Chloe. Uh, up next, we got Aaron L. Aaron L., shout out to you. Thank you for showing us support on Patreon. We hope you enjoy the content on there. Up next, we got Morgan, no last name, and a picture of a fox. Thank you, Morgan. We love you. Is that one of the default pictures? Or? Yeah, it's yes, default oh, picture. Okay. It's a default It's a gotcha. Patreon fox. Uh, up next, we got Brooke B. Shout out to Brooke B. Hold on. Looks like she might be a nurse or something. I don't know. It looks like she's in uniform. Shout out to you, Brooke. If she is, you know. Much appreciate to any of the nurses listening right now, not just Brooke. And Brooke might not even be a nurse, but even if you aren't, I respect your profession. I would take Uh, What? Huh? You would take it. I mean, I would take the, we are congratulating her. I mean, we are giving her praise for being a nurse. All right, man, don't make it weird. Up next, we got Emily S. Shout out to you, Emily S. We appreciate you for subscribing to the Patreon. We hope you're enjoying what's on there. Maybe you can watch us eat Kit Kats. It gets kind of weird. Uh, up next, we got Nikki C. Nikki C., shout out to you. I like her uh, I- email address, even though I'm not going to say it. Uh, uh, up next, we got Kelly D. Kelly D., shout out to you, Kelly D. Kelly D. There's Hold On. Some kind of quote is her picture. Don't know what it is. That's really hard to read because it's that little circle picture. Up next, we got Sarah S. Sarah S., shout out to you. Much love and thank you for the support. Up next, we got Amy. No last name again, but we know what it is, Amy. Shout out to you. Up next, we got Melissa F. Melissa, thank you. We love you. We support you. We believe in you. Good luck. Uh, Up next, we got Nikki P. Nikki P., shout out to you. 
Thank you for all the support and joining the Patreon. You know what it is. Up next, we got Abigail B. Abigail B, shout out to you. Thank you for the support. We love you. We appreciate you. We're rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Up next, we got Carly D. Carly D, shout out to you. Thank you for the support, and we hope you enjoy what's over on the Patreon. And then lastly, we got, not lastly, because I got one more, but this person's going to get a special shout out. because I, I, I had a little correspondence with this person. Who's after this last name? Okay, his name. Uh, uh, up next, we got Diolinda M. Diolinda M. Shout out to you! Thank you for subscribing for a full year. We appreciate the support, and uh, thank you very much. We good luck to you out there in the world and in all of your endeavors. And lastly, I'm going to fade this out because this is really cool. I want people to hear this. Uh, up next, uh, our, our our last patron. I feel comfortable saying his last name because he runs a business. Um, uh, it's a young man named Carl Russell. Uh, he runs a place called Earthwise Farm and For and Forest uh, in Vermont. Uh, he listened to the podcast and he's welcomed us, friend, to Vermont. He runs a sustainable farm where they do all kinds of um, eco-friendly uh, classes and mm -hmm. show people how to farm and, 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 and herd cattle and, and all these kind of just like connect to the earth type of things. Mm. He really connected to the conversation we had last episode about, you know, uh, ingrained traumas and maybe reasons why black people might not typically go out and do outdoor activities or why mm -hmm. it's like maybe taboo or weird or we don't feel comfortable doing those kind of things and he said well you're welcome to come here to vermont anytime and i'll show you the ropes we can go hiking i you can you know uh you can come to my farm and i'll show you how to you know harvest vegetables and all this kind of cool stuff mm. so you know shout out to you carl thank you um did i call him carl yeah, Carl. Yeah, yeah, I thought I said the wrong name. Uh, thank you so much, Carl, for your support, and and, and uh, we appreciate you coming. Uh, um, that our story touched you in that way, and that you felt the need to reach out and, and extend that invitation. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. It's cool, you know, people helping people, you know, because um, it's just some shit you can't learn on your own. You know, some stuff yeah. people just got to show you the ropes a little bit. So that's really cool. Um, those are all the patrons we have. It's a lot of patrons. You know? Yeah. Again, shout out to this everybody. Very who, long. I think, shout out to everybody who subscribed. And uh, much love, man. I don't. I don't know. It's really crazy. Again, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get emotional. You know. Yeah. But um, don't uh, make it weird. You know, going on Murder Squad was, and is always a, a fun time for one. That's always one. Mm -hmm. Love seeing Billy. Love seeing Paul. Love seeing Polly. Steven's mustache is great. Great mustache. And um, are you all right, man? You know, when people, when people, when people extend their platform to you. You know, it really it says something. You know, it's like it's like, hey, um, you're doing the right stuff, and uh, we believe what in are you. Talking about we believe in you, and uh, we just want you to succeed and and, and and greatness, and be great. You go out and you go and be great. Is what they said to us. So that's what they said to us, friend. They said you go out and you go and you be great. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. Every time we step on these mics and we speak, we try to go out and we try to go and be great. Mm -hmm. that's at least at least that's what i do mm -hmm. is that was that not what you are trying to do you're looking at me like that's not what you want to do because that's what i want to do because i, I come here about. every day and i put my heart on the line when i cut these microphones on do you because yeah. it sounds like you're looking at me like you don't have the passion <laughs> that i have for the dreams and to succeed and do great things in true crime and steven's mustache yeah. do you want that yeah you are right, man you uh no more of those Mississippi... Um, it's a Kentucky mule. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I think it's Fran's turn to talk about some fucked up shit. If he makes it back from the break. Sounds like Not a threat. A threat. Like a I would threat. never threaten somebody on a microphone. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, what I just said. So stick around. Welcome back. It's my turn to go first this week. 
by being this is February. February. Thank you, friend. Oh, February. It's February. This is Black History Month. Yes, it is. Uh, which is the shortest month of the year. It is, but every Night. month is Black History Month. Yeah. And I said that. I said what I said, period. Okay. Every month you should be learning about black voices and uplifting sure. black For voices sure. and everything. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking. They know who I'm talking Oh, okay. Every month is Black History Month. Yeah. Anyway, Fran, you were saying? My story this week is about Joanne Little. Um, Where'd you get the idea for this? Up, I got this story from the podcast, as you mentioned last week. Uh, the podcast. A podcast, oh, but, podcast outside. but outside? Podcast but outside. Shout out to Podcast they but did, outside. Yes, man. they did an interview at, they was at the dog park, yes. dog park in this episode, and they talked to a guy named Jerry... Uh, Jerry, what was his name? I don't, Jerry. I don't remember his last name, but he was a very. Uh, he comes up in the story, but prolific I still lawyer. want. I, yeah, I still wanted to get his name. Um, damn it, it. It's in the story, right? It's in the story, but I just, I just still wanted to get his name. Anyway, his name was Jerry. He yeah. was a attorney that you know, um, who did a lot of cases. You know, civil rights. Uh, he desegregated some schools. He, yes, yes, he did a lot. It was like for you to meet somebody like that and then randomly go off like that you go wait what yeah you did what very humble too while they were talking oh to yes yeah so it, it that dude lived one hell of a life yeah for sure did for a sure. lot of, did a lot of good yes lost a lot of very important people in his life yeah it, it was crazy as a sacrifice for doing the right thing his yeah. parents were so racist yeah that they were like you want to desegregate schools yeah and get unjustly peop, uh, people that are on death row falsely off of death row yeah Get out. Yeah. They disown you. You no longer my son. Yes. That's a that's an elite level of racism. That's like that's like uh D one racism. Like if you were going off of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, uh levels and abilities, yeah. that's a D one racist. Man. Where you're like, I don't even want you to help people who are in jail for the wrong reasons. Yeah. They should be slaves anyway. Yeah, oh, like right. that shit is where you got that's where you go to. <laughs> you know what? If they if they all would know their place and just be slaves. They wouldn't be out here getting unjustly uh, in, in trouble anyway. You go, oh my god, damn! Oh yeah, this is get him. that guy's going to the league <laughs> of, ra- of racism, of racism. <laughs> First overall pick of ra- in the racism yeah. draft. All right, so um, yeah, so this is about Joanne Little. So let's get into it. Little was born and raised until fifteen in Washington, a town under ten thousand in North Carolina, um, rural Atlant- Atlantic, um, coastal region. Okay, wait. Washington, North Washington, Carolina. Yeah, I think it's. A, I hate it's when a, places do that. It's, it comes up. It's I like I live in Paris, Texas. There's like a Jacksonville, North Carolina. It's like what? Oh no, come on. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I hate Don't it name too. your city after another city in another state, yeah. or name your city after a state, and then it's in a different state. Come on. I hate it. Her mother, Jesse Williams, was a religious fanatic mm. who frequently consulted root workers or hoodoo folk healers. Oh, hoodoo. Yes. Okay. Her father was a security guard in Brooklyn, New York. The eldest of six blood siblings, she was forced to care for them and her four half siblings as well. Mm. Lot ten, of kids. ten kids. A lot of kids. Oldest of ten. Yep. She took to running away and hiding, and soon fell in love with an older crowd and supported who supported her rebellion. Mm. Her social worker Jean Nelson, who once caught her in. Her, called her an escape artist. Oh. Also noted her intelligence, telling her someday you could do that. You could do a lot of good. Mm. As a teenager, teenager, she worked in in the tobacco industry, and um, and as a waitress. In 1973, she went to work with a sheetrock. She went to work with a sheetrock finisher named Julius Rogers, whom she let 
um, accompanied to Greenville and later to Chapel Hill, where she would become entangled with the law. Mm. Little's problems with the law began in 1968, when her mother asked a judge to declare her um, a truant and commit her to the Dobbs Farm Training School in Kingston, North Carolina. Damn. Yeah. That's petty. Well, she was getting all kinds of trouble, man. True. Um, so after a few weeks at Dobbs, uh, at Dobbs, Little fled, walking to a nearby service station where she and a friend hiked um, a ride back to Washington. Her mother realized she had not been been duly released, so she sought to legal to I'm sorry to legitimize her daughter's situation by um, pro- procuring an official release. So just saying, hey, you know, calling the facility, saying, you know, I. She got out, but I, I'll take care. Of I'll t- I'll t- I'll take it. But I'm well, calling her saying, you know, I wanted her to leave. Yeah. So just so she was cool. Guess, Don't worry about it. Trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So she later sent Joanne to live with relatives in Philadelphia. Three weeks after graduating from high school, there uh, Joanne developed a thyroid problem and returned to North Carolina for an operation. Mm. In December 1973 and January 1974, Little, who is now 20, um, had a uh had many had many multiple arrests for theft and eventually for breaking and entering with ex- with escalating legal consequences. Mm. And um in the coastal town of Jacksonville, North Carolina. Yep, yeah. At the end of 1973, she was charged with possession of stolen goods and the possession of a sawed-off shotgun, but was not prosecuted. Mm. On January 3rd, 1974, she was arrested in Washington, North Carolina for shoplifting. That charge too was dismissed. Six days later, she was again arrested for shoplifting, a charge for which she was giving a suspended six-month sentence. Six days after her release, she was again arrested and charged with three separate counts of felony, breaking and entering, and larceny. Damn. Yep. Her gotta, trial. Gotta get it, I guess. Yeah. Her trial was set for June third as she left town. Um. Uh, during that time, she left town, but also when when it's like. They are repeated like that. Yeah, like something, something is wrong. What do you mean? The the charges? The, I mean the the crimes she's committed. Yeah, like she, right out. Yeah, her, like, as soon as she get out, she's like she's poverty or yeah, it's yeah. lifestyle or yeah, it's like yeah. it's the crowd that she's she's either um, mixed up in a racket. Mm-hmm. So when she gets out, she goes to a boyfriend or a you know somebody that she's living with who's like, oh, this is what we do here. So yeah, if you're with yeah, us, yeah. like we do, this is how we make a living. So you can either go be homeless. Mm-hmm. Or if you stay here, you help us rob places. That's that's the deal. Yep. So it's, it really is a circumstance of your lifestyle. You know, like, you know, if she didn't have anywhere else to go but where she was, and they do that, you can't be like, oh, I don't. Um, sorry, guys, I'm not going to be doing that. So, well, then you can't stay on our couch then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So again, she was her her trial was set for June third, and then during that time, excuse me, during that time, she she left town, and her brother Jerome Little acted as Joanne's partner for certain break-ins mm-hmm. and another string of criminalized offenses that led her to be um, imprisoned in 1974. Mm. So she returned to Washington in time for her trial, accompanied by Julius Rogers and two juveniles. The juveniles ended up in jail where they were sexually harassed by a guard who offered them freedom if one of them would give him some. Mm. Little, was convic- I mean, sorry, Little was convicted on June 4th, 1974 and asked to remain in the county jail rather rather than to be transferred to the correctional facility for women in Raleigh. They uh, let her? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they remained, they let her remain uh, in Washington. So it says remaining in Washington, she says, she, she said uh, would allow her to remain close to home where she could work on raising her bond. Mm. So she wanted to stay close to home. Yeah, get her money up so she can get out. Makes sense. Like the case on the streets. Yeah. 
So nearly three months later before dawn on August 27th, 1974, a police officer delivering a drunken prisoner to the Beaufort County Jail discovered the body of jailer Clarence Allgood, 62, on Joanne's little, on, I'm saying on Joanne's little, little's bunk, naked from waist down. Mm. Clarence had suffered stab wounds to the temple and the heart. Mm. Um, the temple and the heart area from an ice pick. Semen was discovered on his leg, mm. but little was missing. She turned herself in to North Carolina, North Carolina's authorities more than one week later and said that she had killed. So she got out of the, she wasn't just like in the laundry room or something. She escaped. No, she left. She wow. escaped. Okay. She said, um, she said she, she had killed Clarence while defending herself against sexual harass, sexual assault. Yeah. Pretty Cl- obviously, it sounds like, too. Yeah. Clarence had a, a record for forcing female inmates to um, take part in sexual favors as payment for gifts he'd give them. Wow. Other inmates had previously stated that he had given them gifts in, in a form of snacks and magazines. That's what I was going to ask And you. expected to receive se- sexual favors. That's so fucked up, man. What, because like what he was giving them? Yeah, because it's prison, so they just yeah. need basic amenities that, you know, yeah. just humans should, just, should get. And he's holding that over their head for sexual favors, That's soap gross. and so you know some potato chips and anything like that, like so things gross. that just people should just be able to get. He's like, you have to do something for it, you know. So what what a power dynamic that yeah. is, you know. It's crazy. Since Little had uh, fled from prison, she was known as a fugitive, and the police were therefore authorized to kill her on sight. Mm. Due to this, Little turned herself in at Riley. That was a smart move. Yeah, because every police officer might. Not not only not know what the details are, but also not care. You yeah. killed a cop. Yeah. So you don't want to be. And you're black. Oh, they yeah. You don't want to be out on the streets as a cop killer. Yep. And they're looking for you. Yeah. So. Little was put on trial for murder and was facing North Carolina, North Carolina's gas chamber. Mm. Little Little had found refuge in a home of an elder of, of an older black man from her community and also and had also received offers to seek refuge in other countries. Oh, wow. Little was charged with first-degree murder, which carried an automatic death sentence. Yeah, so uh, yeah, North Carolina was home to over a third of all death penalty cases in the United States. Little's trial brought attention to her being the first woman of color to cite self-defense during sexual assault against an accusation of murder. The racial component drew attention of civil rights activists, and the gender component drew the attention of feminists. Mm. The combination of these... Three factors, along with sophisticated fun, um, fundraising tactics, along I mean, allowed that Joe Joanne Little Defense Committee to raise over three hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars, and this was in seventies. Um, seventies, yeah. You can, you, can, you can close to double that. Yeah. Jerry Paul. That's Jerry Paul. Jerry Paul is his name. Jerry Paul and Corinne Shields, or uh, her name was also Corinne Galloway. Okay. Um, were her attorneys. The question of whether or not black people were treated equally by the criminal justice system in the in the American South drew the attention of of the um, national media. Mm. The defense team. The answer is no. Yeah, <laughs> the defense team made crucial use of of applied social science, including the new method of scientific jury selection. Didn't they do this in OJ case? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I remember. Re- yeah, they remember. they um. I've seen a lot of TV shows touch on that where from both sides of, of a person who's who's trying to beat a case. And, yeah. And but mm-hmm. they go, OK, well, we need more black jurors than white jurors or we need a woman. We need more women than men or mm-hmm. anything like that. Age. They really it's really it's manipulation, though. It really is 
it's kind of cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you got to use. Yeah, you, I mean, you you use, you use the you, you it's a loophole. Yeah, you yeah, use yeah, the yeah, tactics however sure. you can, you know. Yep. Um. So, which had this in scientific jury selection, which had just come into existence in 1972, the defense commission surveys with a a view to com- a view to com- comparing popular attitudes among white people toward black people between Beaufort and Pitt counties, in the states northeast and the north central areas of the state. The results showed that unfavorable racial stereotypes were more strongly held in Beaufort County. For example, about two-thirds of the um, respondents in Beaufort and Pitt counties believed that black women were uh, more salacious, mm. salacious um, than white women, than white women yeah. and that black people were more violent than white, white people, which is still, still the same. Oh, these are, those are all stereotypes that exist today. It's, yes. it's why... Uh, a girl on a white girl on TikTok can be get a million followers, and then a for twerking, and then a black girl doing the same thing is like, oh, don't do that. Have yeah. respect for yourself, or whatever yep. goofy shit people say. Um, so yeah, black women are not allowed to be sexy. Black women are not allowed to do a lot of things. But one thing that is really put on them a lot is like, oh, you always shaking your ass and whatever that kind of thing, you're degrading yourself and everything like that. But you know, somebody else from another race does it. It's like. Cutting edge and yeah, di- but, different. Yeah, but it's also like a black girl. Athletics. Though, a black girl though, and then it's like black people all be like, oh, show some respect. Like, uh, but I would say, you know, not to not to not to generalize, but black people are traditionally very conservative. You know, in in the real sense of the term, I don't mean like political terms that yeah, we use yeah. today, like left wing and right wing. Black people are, you know, church going, mm-hmm. uh, very homophobic, you know, in a lot of, you know, in the community that I grew up in. And I can't speak for black people in San Francisco, but yeah. black people in general are very like traditional Bible thumping. And, and I'll take it back. The generation that raised us. Yeah. Grandparents and thing, people people over the age of 50, maybe not young black people. Still, I, I take that back. Never mind. I know plenty of young black dudes that are homophobic as fuck. So, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Black people are very, very conservative. Uh, yeah. So armed with armed with this with this information, Paul successfully petitioned to have the trial moved to the state capital of Riley. That's just one. Um, when I hear like those type of like moves and tactics like that, like, yeah, you know, this guy, he's dude, Jerry Paul knew he was. He knew what yeah. He was doing. Was uh, uh my boy uh Johnny Cochran was like this shit's going to see me valley yeah we're getting fucking, you know we're getting up out of here yep. like, you know <laughs> so at trial the prosecution contended that Little was a um again a salacious woman who seduced Clarence only to murder him to enable her escape in mm. two days of testimony Little testified that Clarence who was well over two hundred pounds was nearly twice her size yes had come to her cell three times between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. Yes. To solicit sex, finally forcing her at the point of an ice pick to perform oral sex. So he had the ice pick. Yes, he had the ice pick. She testified she was able to seize the ice pick while he was seated on her bunk um, because he had let his guard down in the moments after an orgasm. Oh, so he did rape her? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So she stabbed him repeatedly. And she testified he resisted force fiercely and wrestled her, but that, given his wounds, state she she had been able to get um she was able to get free from him. So right, her bleeding, and he was fighting, and yeah. then you know she ended up getting wet. Attorney Jerry Jerry Paul made liberal use of the jury's Southern Christian sympathies, characterizing his client as a religious woman who found um who 
read the Bible, mm-hmm. and um, in times of trouble. William Griffin was the prosecutor who had concluded that Little's that Little had um, lured the sixty-two-year-old jailer so she could escape. I mean, she was in on like a burglary charge, right? I mean, yeah. I guess you could say that based on you know, her criminal past, her track record. Yeah, yeah. get it. But um, murdering, murdering murdering a cop yeah to get to get out to get on out. a on a burglary charge nah, that's a kind of a that's a bit of an escalation exactly you know? exactly so when the autopsy came back it was concluded that little little's explanation of the incident was was true the autopsy concluded that the eleven stab wounds given to Clarence were in self defense only one stab only one stab had been fatal. With only one step had been the fatal one, while the other ten were clear self were clear signs of self defense against the, against her attacker. The jury of six and six African Americans deliberated for one hour and twenty five minutes. Six what? Six six whites. Six whites and okay. six blacks. Okay. Right. Um, deliber- de- deliberated for an hour and twenty five minutes and rendered a verdict of not guilty. That's short for this time. That's surprising. Yep. I thought this would be like a hung jury. Yeah, among them. Jenny Lancaster and Pacola Jones, 26-year-old jury spokesman Mark Nielsen. Jerry Paul had had Joan Little walk around in front of the media with the book To Kill a Mockingbird in order to encourage um, to encourage comparisons between her and Tom Robinson, mm. the imprisoned black man of that novel of that novel. The Free Joanne campaigns were successfully enough that Joanne's counsel were able to get the first-degree murder charge reduced to second-degree. Judge Hob- Hobgood noted that the prosecution did not have liable evidence. Joanne Little was returned to prison to serve the remaining of her sentence for breaking and entering, so she just had to go back to what she was doing, what she was already doing before this came up. So one month before she would have been eligible for parole, she made an escape. Oh, that doesn't look good. <laughs> right. That really doesn't look good. She can't. She's like, I got it. I cannot be in here. Yeah, but like for that whole case to go that way, and the, I'm sure the prosecution was that their whole case, their whole argument was she distracted him with sex. Yeah, so she could escape. Yep. And then she escapes. Yep. That doesn't look. She good. She made her escape. Yeah, that doesn't look good. So she was caught and then convicted and sentenced for the escape. She was freed in, in June 1979 and moved to New York City. Now they have the, there was a song written. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna just have it playing in the background. Song. Yeah. It's called um Joanne Little by Sweet Honey and the Rock. Sweet Honey The Rock? Dwayne Dwayne The Rock Johnson? No, what? Oh, sorry. So Joanne Little was the first woman to be acquitted of murder committed in self defense against a sexual assault. African American women were given the right to sexual assault defense against their their white male um, assaulter or rapist. Mm. This was all possible with the campaign that stood behind Miss Little during the full trial. Joanne's Little trial attracted the attention of many political activists, including Angela Davis, Rosa Parks, who formed a local chapter of Little's Defense, and Catherine Galloway, a former Duke University law student who worked closely with Joanne Little on her case. Galloway spent countless hours with Miss Little and came to know her better than anyone else during the trial. Others who took part in Little's case concluded um, um, Ralph Abernathy, 
who spoke during a protest outside Buford County Courthouse. Bernice Johnson, who contributed to funding support, funding support for Miss Little, and Dr. Larry Little, a Black Panther Party leader, who stood by Little's side and was vocal in his concerns about the trial and about subjects that weren't well covered during the trial. During the little during the little trial, other women came forward to testify about Clarence's history of sexual assault and per- of course this dude was doing it. Yeah, yeah, he, this wasn't his first rodeo, yes. you know. According to African American woman Ida Mae Robertson and Phyllis Ann Moore, their testimony encouraged Little's jury to lean toward her defense. So Little's murder trial focused national focused national attention on issues of women's rights to defend herself from rape. The validity of capital punishment in North Carolina, racial and sexual inequality in the criminal justice system, and the rights of prisoners in general. It also inspired women rights movements abroad, including Joanne, including the Joanne sisters in Denmark. Free Joanne Little was a slogan that activists used in order to raise awareness of her situation and try to get her released. It was said that without the funding and activist support, Joanne Little was would possibly be serving a death sentence. Mm. Oh, no. Use your voice, man. Yeah. Use your voice. Use your platform. Jerry Paul, Joanne, Little, Joanne Little's chief attorney, was sentenced to 14 days in jail for choice of words and um, choice of words and once against Judge Hamilton H. Hobgoss. So My boy Jerry got fired up, huh? Let him have it. This whole court is racist. Let him have it. Okay, Jerry. The trial became a glo- became a global known case with observers split between those who believed her to be guilty and those who did not. Mm. Those standing behind her saw a woman that was a victim of racism and sexism and was vulnerable because she was at, because she was the only female prisoner in a Buford jail during that time. Those who thought of her as being guilty saw her as luring Clarence into her cell with the idea of sex and killing him in order to escape prison. Mm. The case was well known during the 70s because it had because it had shown signs of what black movements and as well as other movements wanted to stand behind. These organizations came together to support Little because of the connections there were between racism, sexism, rape against women of color, women's rights, and particularly the double the double bind that African American women have to deal with within a prison within a prison industrial complex. Mm. Little authored a poem entitled I Am Somebody, which was incorporated into a moral into a moral in San Diego's Chicano Park by the female moralist of Sacramento's rural Sacramento's Royal Chicano Air Force. The acapella music group Sweet Honey in the Rock included a song titled Joanne Little on their 1976 self-titled album. Mm. Which, which is playing. Yes. In 1989, Little was arrested in New York City. Now she was freed, yeah. moved, she was arrested again, um, which charges included driving a stolen car. She telephoned William Kunstler, who had assisted her in the past, for help. As of June 1989, Joanne Little was free and had returned to New York. This being the latest arrest found, Little was at the age of 34, who was accompanied by a male after being pulled over for driving a car with missing front license plate and the back license plate being stolen, as well as other charges with that. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know who she was hanging with, but yes, she I mean, just... Yes, I mean, it sounds like she has watched the company she keeps, man. Yeah. But, yeah, man. So, wow. she remained the night at the Hudson County Jail. Since this last arrest in 89, Joanne Little has disappeared from the public view. Okay. Um, 
So she had a long run yeah. of trouble. With big moment, big spotlight in her life. Yeah. Yeah. Probably want to uh, get out of the spotlight, no, too. Beating a murder case. Yeah. Um, multiple women came forward and said, hey, you know, sure. this is what this this guard was doing. Yeah. He deserved it. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yes. Um, In another part, when I said that when she escaped after she had, had to come back to serve the rest of her sentence, mm-hmm. I didn't even, while you were talking, I didn't even think about the idea of like, you're in a controversial case for killing a police officer, yeah. and then you have to go back to go a back. jail with other corrections officers and things, probably yeah. harassing you, doing who knows what, not letting you eat, like you know, who know, you know, agitating you, doing things to try to get you get more time on, and yeah. things. Like. So yeah, I could see her getting like to the point where she is. Maybe that's why I'll, she I'll probably to, wanted to escape. Run. That's what I mean. That's oh, what I'm okay, saying. Gotcha. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, gotcha, I understand. Gotcha. If I look at it from that angle, I go, yeah, okay, gotcha. yeah, I probably wouldn't want to be in those conditions yeah. either. Like they're all call, think you're a cop killer. And you're back here in the prison where the guy, not just any prison, that's the prison where this guy, they know Clarence. That's yeah. their boy or whatever. And you killed him and now you're back. So yep. it probably was not a fun, not, it wasn't fun before any of this shit, but it probably was pretty hellish to have to deal with that harassment. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so that was the story of Joanne Joanne Little. Salute um, to Jerry Paul, man. Jerry Paul, who I found on, you know. Podcast, podcast but outside, podcast, man. Was, <laughs> it's a comedy podcast. It's, it's comedy the podcast. most random. Th- it's not a. It's not a true crime podcast. They not literally just talked to some guy off the streets at a dog park. Yeah, and it just happened to be Jerry Paul. Yeah, and that's and I heard the episode today. I was like, I'm gonna do that story because I found it interesting. That that dude super dope. Yeah, what With a this, life, man. The, the stuff he it's crazy, man. And also, it's it's really interesting. At that time, and even today, still like in the political climate that we live in, Jerry Jerry Paul could have just been like, "Well, I'm white, so I don't need to do any of these things. Life's great." And I mean, it's he was the sixties. That's what I'm saying. Like, he could just crazy. be like, "I'm a white guy yeah. who I'm a lawyer for white guys." He could have done that yeah, and been sure. just fine, but he said, "This isn't right, yeah. and I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to use my privilege and and the fact that I can go into these rooms and these spaces and talk to people a certain kind of way." To advance the causes of black people who yeah. are under duress and, and don't have their full civil rights in this country. Yep. So he didn't have to do that, you know. And I say that, like, facetiously because everybody should want equality. Mm-hmm. But we all recognize that there are people who have the privilege to just go, well, it doesn't affect my life, so I don't have to do that. Yeah. I think that that's cowardly. But, you know, Jerry Paul chose to not be a coward and, and live his life Un, un, unfazed by what he sees in, around him, yeah. you know, and that's, a lot that's of super do dope. That, so. Oh, a lot of most people do yeah. that, you know. But uh, so that's super dope. Shout out to him. Yeah, Jerry Paul is my guy. Yeah, Jerry Paul, man. Yeah, yeah, also, sure. shout out to uh, podcast, but outside hilarious, hilarious podcast, just inconsequentially to this true crime based <laughs> podcast because it is just a funny podcast. Yeah, funny podcast, really funny podcast. Um, but listen, man, uh, Phoebe Bridgers and Dan Levy are on Saturday Night Live tonight, and I need to watch that. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you some fucked up shit, and we're going to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, are you ready for my affirmative murder? Yes. Okay, uh, this week I'm doing the story of Robert Sylvester Alston. Okay, I know him. Do you? Nope. Okay, good, because that would be strange. Um, okay, so here we go. On December 15th, 1993, police were called to a cemetery in Greensboro, North Carolina, hmm. where a body had been dumped. It was just a random body. It was just sitting on top? Yeah, just out in the gotcha. open. Hmm. Um, which also is an interesting psychology because I was wondering, would a, like, because he could have just left, he could, well, he could have just oh. left her in an alley, but I, he left her at a graveyard. Is that like, oh, a, a kind gesture? Like, I might have killed you, but I'm doing something nice for you. Next to a family member? 
No, not next to a oh. family. Just in a cemetery. Like, no, that's no, that'd be that'd be dark. It's dark in general, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, they 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 put her somewhere where people will find her, and you can just put her, you can bury her and give her a proper burial. Is that's just I'm just mm-hmm. thinking of the psychology yeah, behind yeah, it because yeah. he could have just left her anywhere. Anywhere, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, maybe he was already close to that. Though. That's it. Could be just as simple as that as yeah. well. The body was that of Lois Elizabeth Williams, mm. a black sex worker who had been raped and strangled to death. Mm. Police had no suspects aside from a witness who identified a car that fled the area the night before. One month later, on January 22nd, the cemetery, the cemetery killer struck again. This time, a 29-year-old woman was able to survive the assailant, but not until he, had, he was able to rape her, strangle her, and then leave her body under a bridge. But he didn't, he didn't strangle her to death. He thought he didn't. He just left her. Oh. She awoke, and she, could, she couldn't even, uh, she could barely breathe. He did some pretty bad damage to her esophagus. She was able to crawl up from under the bridge and, and, you know, climb up to an overpass where she was able to get picked up by somebody. Um, But she was bravely able to identify her captor from a photo lineup of sex of sex offenders. Uh, And she 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 identified Robert Robert Alston and he was arrested within a week. After his arrest, DNA ended up linking him to the murder of Lois Williams, the woman who was found at the cemetery. Yep. He confessed after striking a deal that took the death penalty off the table, which is something we talked about with uh, Billy and Paul um, when we did their episode of Murder Squad. But that's it. also hearing from a detective, Paul, like that the death penalty, and I've also seen it in Kate, like First 48 and things like that. They'll use the death penalty yeah. as a bargaining chip to get more information. So that is an interesting idea, even though I am for abolishing the death penalty. That is an interesting bargaining chip to get somebody, a suspect, to talk. Mm-hmm. And so he proceeded to give up details about how he picked up and uh, murdered Lois. And detectives, all, they, and while he, com- he did confess, detectives suspected him in, uh, in cases with similar pathology, but he denied any involvement in anything else. Mm. So he confessed to murdering Lois Williams yeah. after they took the death penalty off the, cave, off the table. And then they were, they were like, well, there's, this is a rape and murder of a sex worker here from last year. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I didn't have anything to do with that. In April 1994... He was sentenced to 40 years for kidnapping and rape and sentenced to life for the murder of Lois Williams. However, detectives weren't satisfied because they were close to certain that Alston was responsible for at least a few unsolved murders of sex workers that they had from 91 to 93. So this had nothing to do with getting him more time. It was just. just no, they were like, the, we can close these cases. I mean, yeah. we, I think we have our guy. He yeah. fits the M.O. He, you know, the things that he's doing to these women, strangling and rape. He, he fits the bill for these two. So we should try to cl- solve these cases. Uh, they called on the community to come forward with any information that they might have. Soon after his conviction, detectives compared his DNA to that found with five unsolved murders. Within six months, they had a positive connection with the 1991 murder of Joanne Robinson. Her raped and strangled body had been found the day after she was killed, but no progress was made until the case until the until Austin's DNA matched the case. What year was this? This was 1994. But the oh, where is her body? The, Joanne was murdered in 1991. Oh, okay. But she she had already been found and everything. It was just an I know. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, what yeah, was it? Yeah. yeah. So it was three years ago. Yeah. Uh, Austin confessed and received an additional life sentence. Mm. Austin remains suspected by detectives of being involved in more murders. In 1998, they caught a break when newer and more improved forensic tech matched DNA from two more murders to Alston's DNA. Damn. 
These two were an escalation in the despicable methods detectives had, no, had come to know Robert Alston to be capable of. On November 4th, 1991, he picked up Sharon Martin, a 26-year-old sex worker. She was never seen alive again. A few days later, her decapitated head and her right mm. lower arm were found in some bushes near a school. The rest of her body was never recovered. What? Five months later, he picked up 19-year-old Shamika Warren in April of 1992. Her decapitated and severely decomposed body was found in an empty lot on July 23rd, 1992. So two months later. So he got away from. These were just unsolved. Yeah, he was just he. So. But he didn't do that to the last two. The last his last victim was the woman that was found in the cemetery. Yeah, but he didn't chop her head off. He didn't chop her head off. So this was like a new thing. And the other one. And let me take that back, because I really think that I from us doing this podcast, I kind of figured out what this guy probably did. He was probably dismembering these women to try to hide their bodies. Mm-hmm. And then he realized after like his second or third time of not being caught and nobody looking for the killer of these people, that he's like, oh, well, I don't have to do that. That takes a lot of work and, you know, hiding a body and whatever. Yeah. So I'll just leave him intact and I'll just go dump him somewhere. Yeah. And so that's where we ended up with Lois Williams. Another one. So he it was like a de-escalation. He realized he didn't have to cut her head off and then hide the head here and put the body. He's like, that's too much work. Nobody gives a shit about these people. Yeah. So I'll just fucking leave them intact and just go dump them somewhere. Cause that's less work for me. And then I can rape and murder more women. Yeah. So yeah. And that's speculation. I technically, but that's what he did. I feel, I really feel like that's what he did because these two that I'm reading are from 1991 and before. And then he was caught in 1993 with Lois Williams when his DNA was a match. Yeah. So what do we do with the bodies though? I would like to know that too. I'll get to why I don't know that. Yeah. So he picked up, he picked up Shamika Warren and you know, her, her body was found in July of 1992, two months after she was killed. Her head was never recovered. According to detectives, an anonymous phone tip led, led them to discover the bodies of Shamika Warren and Lois Williams. They later found out that Robert made those anonymous phone calls. What? Which is reminiscent, which is reminiscent of the Grim Sleeper. The Grim Sleeper would do the same thing. He would call into the police departments and go, "Yeah, there's a girl uh, in this alley," and he had just put her there. Yeah. And then they go, "Who is this?" And he hang up the phone. I would say it's some kind of sick version of remorse, but it could just be like, "Oh, I want to the thrill. I might get caught. I don't know. Let me help them. They can they can find her. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't really. It's, I don't, a game. it's it could be all just be a game." But again, I'm I'm trying to find the pathology of like dumping her at the cemetery, which could have just been a coincidence, you know, dumping her at the cemetery, calling the police and letting them know where bodies are and things like that. It might be his version of like, I did something wrong, but I'm not a bad guy, so I'm helping in a way. That might be his way to cope and you know justify his actions in a way. But all of this is speculation. I'm just guessing. Uh, when charged with two new murders, Austin confessed without hesitation. He gave details of dismembering Miss Martin, Sharon Martin, but refused to tell where he hid the bodies, where he hid the rest of her body. It was at Austin's trial that his true cold-blooded killer nature was put on full display. The former dishwasher spent much of his time on the stand taunting the grieving relatives of his victims. Dishwasher? Yeah. Uh, Grinning, yeah, like it's a job. Uh, I know. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he washed dishes at home. We all are. We all are dishwashers, technically. But he, <laughs> as, as a profession, yeah. was a dishwasher. Um, 
No, but so he was on the stand um, taunting the victim's families, grinning broadly as he refused to reveal what he had done with their body parts. Alston said, I have had time to search my soul. What I did was wrong, and oh. I've made my peace with God. I want to hear that shit. Only me and God will have those answers. What? He smirked as he was led away to begin his life behind bars. That's what he said when the, the lawyer, the, the prosecutor was like, listen, we have all these family members here. Give them some peace. Where did you put their, their uh, family member's body? And he was like, eh, no, I'm not going to do that. That's between me and God. Bye. Why wouldn't he, though? Why? Because the, uh, the game of it all, man. Really, you know, or maybe, no, I was going to say, maybe he really did find God and he's like, I've come. Conf- no, it was all a game. It's all a game. Just, if I'm saying, why wouldn't he just tell them? That's what I'm saying. It's all the game. He just it's, he wants to have that over them. It's his power that he has. He got caught, so he wants to keep whatever power he has by saying, you'll never find them. You know, that's the little bit of power he's able to hold on to. Uh, Robert Alston remains a suspect in two similar murders committed in Greensboro during the same period. Uh, rest in peace to Lois Elizabeth Williams, yeah. Sharon Martin, Joanne Robinson, and Shamika Warren. Like I said, he's suspected in two more murders, but... Um, they have not charged him with them, and he just remains a suspect. I hate that, man. That dude is a bitch, man. I hate that. I can't stand it. I won't disagree with that at all. He is a bitch. Is it's, he still alive? Uh, last I checked, yes. Oh. Can you call and talk to those people? Is that You like, can. I'm not I'm saying, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying me. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, mean, can you, is that? I, I would sure you, I'm sure you'd have to start off making some kind of pen pal relationship with them and then get them to agree to take accept your phone call. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess technically you can call and ask to talk to them, but it's their right to say no or yes if they want to talk you to you. Let me know what I just told you I'm not going to. I mean, pen pal. I'm not going to do any of those things. Why wouldn't you, though? Because why would I want a letter to come to Give my house? Give me one good reason home? why wouldn't you. Because he murdered and dismembered women. That doesn't. That's not a good answer. That's not a good answer? Other than that. Other than that, okay. I'm following you. What is you. one reason you wouldn't do it? Not the murdering and dismembering of women. Yeah. Um, I don't like his dreadlocks look like they stink. What did I do with you? You're not smelling them, but you're rating them. I just don't want to talk to somebody that I think their dreadlocks stink. You think they would respond, though? Yeah, I'm sure he would love to talk to somebody. It, 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 they it would a all whole be, bunch of mail, though. Oh, I'm sure. But it would always be about how you frame it. If I'm like, hey, man, I think you're fascinating. I would love to talk to you sometime. You'd have to, like, you'd have to J him off a bit, you know, through the letter. And I'm just not trying to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to stroke his ego so I can talk to him on the phone. Go, so I know. can have my little tootsies up in the air. I'm be all, hey, be all on my belly on the, name? be all on the belly on my belly on the floor. My legs kicking up behind me. Like, so, what are you doing? How would you do that? That's how we talk on the phone, right? <laughs> Who That's how, you? Anybody? No, That's how we I all don't talk. talk that, oh, oh, you don't talk on the phone that way? No, I do not. You don't lay on your stomach with your hand on your chin, kicking your feet back Absolutely and forth, talking on the phone, twirling, twirling the phone line in your finger. No. I guess I guess I'm weird. What's his name again? His name is Robert Sylvester Alston. Go, hey, Robert. And then go, like, fuck you. Put it right in the middle of the letter. I don't think I'd get a response back from that. You might? I tell you like this. I would not want the response back from that. <laughs> he'd probably, he'd probably, I wouldn't want to um, aggravate a serial killer. He especially after this, soon. Well, that's that's not up to us. We just read a story where Joanne was able to just get up out of prison whenever <laughs> she wanted to. So I'm, I don't want seventies, man. Okay, well I don't want to agitate anybody who could possibly escape from prison, and then they I have, think I'm, on, I'm on their grudge list. Well, what if I get what if I what if I get that. a petition? What does that mean? 
If I gain enough signatures, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be forced to do that. You got to do people, it. Here's, let me give a PSA to people. <laughs> a petition means fuck all. And nobody gives a shit about a petition. People are like, I want Captain Marvel removed from the Marvel movies. Fuck her. Yeah. I got 150,000 signatures from people. It's like, okay, oh, yeah, go send that to Marvel. I'm sure they're going to fire Brie Larson because you made a petition. So, no, yeah, make your petition. I'm so sure I can do it? Se- yeah, sure. If we get enough signatures, you would do it. No. Because the petition doesn't mean anything. You're supposed to say yes. No, I'm not going to do that. What I have to do for you to get a send a lot? I'll letter. tell you what. If you agree to FaceTime me with your feet in the air on the on your belly talking, and you let me film it, I'll I'll uh, I'll um uh pen pal a a, a serial. Let's do it. Okay, cool. We'll set it up and I'll film. We gotta get the information, and I want to be okay. with you when you you, you, you it pick up. you pick the serial killer. And if I can film you talking to me, I, I, get pick we, I get to pick the subjects that we talk about. Three. I get to pick the subjects that we talk about, and you have to talk to me with with interest okay. while laying on your stomach with your feet in the air, kicking them back and forth uh-huh. with your hand on your chin. You, you guys said three letters. Three letters? Yeah. Oh, three letters. No, you said one. Two. No, one. You want me to write multiple? Why do you want me to <laughs> increase my odds of dying, man? Increase your odds of response. I will write one serial killer. Two. In exchange this for- This is negotiation. I will so write, two. I will write one. Okay. I will write two serial killers okay. if you do the video that I just described. Okay. And also, aside from that, mm-hmm. you get a tandem bicycle with me and you ride it around the street with me. That sounds fun. Oh, oh this is really backfiring. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll talk about it off air. <laughs> that sounds exciting. <laughs> let's, let's get to these good vibes. <laughs> good, That's right, folks. It's time for a good vibe segment. For those new listeners here, what we like to do after all that, you know, just kind of bummer, depressing, dark stuff that we cover, we like to just, you know, shine a little bit of a light on the world and, you know, for cleanse our palates before we go out into the world and end the podcast. Um, so I'm going to go first, Fran. Uh, my good vibe story this week, it's a little close to home. Um, it's a small uh, step forward in, in medical technology, but um, I think it's really cool and, you know, I think that it pushes for a betterment of uh, future cancer patients, right? Um, so a Scottish scientists have developed a system of lasers that melt away cancer cells without damaging the normal healthy cells around it. Mm. The revolutionary treatment relies on a series of pulses that are short enough to melt the cancer cells, but too short for the heat to transfer to neighboring ones, a major hindrance in the past work in the field. Harriet Watt, University in Edinburgh, is carrying on the long and celebrated tradition of Scottish medical breakthroughs nearly 100 years after physician Alexander Fleming isolated penicillin. The research in the laser tech was funded by 1.2 million uh, pounds uh, or $1.6 million, mm. uh, a, grant, uh, a grant from the Engineering and Physical Science uh, Research Council. Uh, Professor Jonathan uh, Shepard led the project, which he told Sky News successfully eliminated uh, colorectal cancer cells in test labs. He said, "We proved the lab. We proved in the lab that our laser system can remove cancer cells in a way that restricts damage to the surrounding healthy cells within the width of a human hair." He said. Uh, "We're building on our out. We're building on our understanding of lasers in cor- in." colorectal cancer surgery towards clinical application and working on adapting it for brain, head and neck cancers, mm. which it would have, which it would have huge benefits for, which it would have huge benefits for patients. He added, 
The technique involves firing the laser impulses, each measuring about one trillionth of a second, thus preventing the transfer of heat to the surrounding tissue. Three years is the current timeline for further R&D, presumably before the device is ready for clinical tests, which will also include research into an optical fiber-based device that can target and kill cancer cells three times smaller than ones the laser can remove. These two aren't, aren't the first light treated therapy projects pursued by Harriet Watt. Indeed, uh, indeed, last September, it was announced that the university had secured $6.1 million, a $6.1 million grant in, uh, to investigate deep ultraviolet light therapy in the practice of germicide. So uh, like Donald Trump said, you know, you put some light on it. This is this is the stuff he was talking about when he sounded crazy. But that's why you shouldn't talk about stuff in layman's terms. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But uh, so he's, she's talking about using deep ultraviolet light to um, to kill germs. Oh, oh, that's what he said about COVID, right? Yeah, he's like, you put light on it. Heat, put light, heat put it. bleach on germ, bleach on your skin, uh, in your in your uh, blood. Uh, 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 Professor Robert Thompson from Harriet Watt University told the University Press. Some wavelengths of ultraviolet light are known for the for their germicidal pro, uh, properties, but can cause cancer in human tissue. That's the problem we'll solve. Uh, we will develop technologies that generate ultraviolet light at just the right wavelength, where the light remains germicidal, but without the harmful effects. We'll also develop technologies to deliver the light precisely such as optical fiber fibers to transfer it into the body without causing further harm. He said, uh, ultraviolet radiation is something astronauts and spaceship builders have to constantly account for as even brief exposure to it beyond the confines of the atmosphere can lead to a cancer and other diseases. So, um, yeah, so that technology doesn't sound like it's there that there yet. So a president shouldn't be recommending that you use it. But anyway, my point is, um, I've lost some family members to cancer and any the idea that anybody would be able to uh, go through a treatment that isn't chemotherapy because everybody's body isn't equipped to go through chemotherapy. I've mm -hmm. seen, you know, people just it makes them so weak and things yeah. like that. So anything that could hinder, I mean, that could um, lessen the possibilities of people having to go through that, people having to experience that themselves or people having to see their family member go through something like that. I'm all for it. So I, any a medical advancement that can someday lead to a future where the cure to cancer isn't chemotherapy, mm -hmm. uh, that would be really cool. So I just wanted to share that story and just that's a little bit of hope for, you know, a brighter future I wanted to share. Yeah, it was a good story, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, so my good vibe this week is about um, a struggling cleaner. Now, this video was on, I think I've seen this video on Facebook. Sure. Um, see a lot of videos uh, on struggling Facebook. Struggling cleaner, cleaner tears up after being gifted an apartment in apartment building. I did where see she this. worked for 20 years. So um, a hardworking cleaner in New York um, who was furloughed from her job during the pandemic mm -hmm. has been gifted a two-year lease on an, on an apartment. Yeah. Now, and not even, it's not just an apartment. And it's in New York. Yeah. Where the rent is like $3,000 a month. It's uh, a luxury high-rise, in a luxury high-rise building. Yeah. Which is a penthouse. There's people paying $2,500 a month for a shoebox in New York. No way. Yeah, like, like they don't. That's how it is in LA, right? Isn't this kind of the same? Not uh, for like an, uh, no. a condo. You, you, I mean, not for the a, studio. You, but yeah, if you want like a, if you want like a, my house in LA, half a million dollars probably. That's crazy. And this is just a normal house. If you want like something really nice, I mean, a couple million dollars for a house. I have my own beat. But New York is, I mean, New York, you're paying for no, no space. I saw a place that was on like for rent in New York that was $2,800 a month. No it was a room smaller than the room that we podcast. It was a studio, right? 
you can't even call it a studio because there's no bathroom in the room. You have to, it's like a dorm. You have you a communal, you have a communal shower, oh, and a hell. and then a communal bathroom. So there's a a toilet. Twenty five dollars. Twenty five hundred dollars a month. But you're in Damn. Soho or whatever cool neighborhood, whatever. Yeah, if you can't afford to live there, you can go just travel there. Yeah, you go visit. New York's great to just visit, man. Like, <laughs> but people, you know, I guess people want to go pursue their dreams and work and everything. Like that. I get that, but I'm just saying, I would not live in. I'm not paying twenty five hundred dollars a month to have to share a bathroom with somebody in the public space, like I'm uh, in in college. That's insane. No way. Uh, so the cleaner known by her only by her first name Rosa, who was working as a cleaner at the luxury high rise building in New York City for the past in New York for the past twenty years. Mm. Unfortunately, she lost her job. Last year, had been living with her sister. When the residents of the building came to know Rosa was struggling financially, they decided to gift her something that would provide comfort in these t- these times of crisis. The people living in the building gave her a two-year lease on a penthouse apartment. Mm. A heartwarming video shared first on Reddit shows Rosa taking um, the elevator up to the penthouse, the penthouse, thinking she needs to clean it. Um, on being told it's her apartment, she breaks down. And the video was the guy on the elevator, you know, yeah. you know, uh, Small talking, story or yeah. whatever, and they go in. Like, hey, look at this! I, first of all, I'd have been like, I don't. I'm here to do my job. I don't need to see what the shit. Yeah, like. yeah. Just why uh, are you yeah. showing me the balcony and the view and shit? Do you have I, the I key to unlock the door? That would have messed the whole video up, though. If <laughs> yeah, they were like, true. oh, because they're like, you, you know, people in the. But she was so nice. People in the so people was. in the building, they love you. She's like, okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. Can I have the key? I'll just clean. You know, I have to walk. In. I don't give a shit about the closet. He's like, if you see, they have crown molding all around them. So, okay, cool. Do you want me to clean that, or what, why are you telling me about this? She's like, you know, it's a lot to be a lot to clean. Yeah, she's like, like, this is nice. She don't want to fight. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't want to see this shit. So then they they say, hey, you know, um, you know, this is yours. We just need you to sign this, and then yeah. get to your two years rent free. Bust out crying, yeah. bust out in tears, just couldn't believe it. Uh, I think it, that was a very special moment, especially in times like for this. sure. And I mean, to not going to, to not have to pay the rent every month for two years. I mean, you're talking about uh like a a job salary worth of money you're saving yeah, every year, sure. especially like I said in New York in in that kind of building. She also she really wanted to be a hustler. She could rent it out. She could she could lease it. She you know. But I don't know. They might be like Rosa. You're breaking the rules. We that's were trying to do something nice for you. Yeah, like you you have to live here. But that's still dope as shit. Yeah, especially yeah. like you said in times like this. And it's really cool. I love to see when people do a job. When you do your job well, and you're recognized for it. Yeah. People don't know as a as a boss. People don't understand how far that goes. When people go, oh, I'm appreciated here. People, people will work, work for you. People will work harder for you. And you know who don't understand that. Leave that out when I see it. <laughs> Y'all don't even know what Fran said, but guess what? He dropped that heat. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. That, but that's how I feel. But for sure. But that's 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 hundred percent true. Like if you got employees and you treat them right and you know every now and then you go doing a great job. Yeah. Here's a bonus. It's a bonus. Hey. People will want to work for you. Yeah. Payday off. Whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But anyway. But you know what's another good thing? She works in the building. Yeah. She's getting the rent free. Penthouse yeah. and work. Yeah. She get to save up her money. Stack it up. And probably that two years, she's probably be ready to go. She probably, you know, get another job or whatever. Make a, she can make a move. Yeah, and that's, sure. you know, it's crazy. People, that kind of that kind of thing can set people. You know, people are so quick to call people lazy or have no drive or anything yeah. like that. It's like, no, sometimes people are just poor as fuck. Yeah. Man. And a little bit of a 
a helping hand like that can put them in a position to make the move they always wanted to make. Because yep. it's one less thing you got to worry about. Exactly. Start a business. And it's like, nobody can start. I can't start a business right now, man. I'm hungry. And I need to keep <laughs> right. the lights on. People are like, why don't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps? It's like, bitch, I don't have boots. <laughs> I don't have them. I don't have boots. And so how am I supposed to pull myself up by them? You're asking me to do something impossible. I don't have boots. <laughs> so, you know, this, they, you know, they are, yeah. in, a, in a way, in a sense, you know, giving her boots. You know, and she can take that opportunity to save some money and make a move if she wants to. Yeah. If not, she's still in the, she's up, you know, or as the kids say, it's like, they're, you're, I'm up and I'm stuck. Yeah. That's what the kids are is saying. Is that what right they now. say? That's what they're saying right now. I don't really get it, but it's a thing. You just, you stuck on top? It's like, I'm up and I'm and stuck. I'm stuck there. I'm just, yeah, I'm be, I'm up and I'm going to be stuck there for a okay. while. That's how much I'm winning. Is uh, the, I guess that's what the conceit is. is that's what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. I try to stay hip with the slang, but I don't know, man. I, it's I hard, man. There's so many names. These kids, man, like we're going Mach 5 and all this crazy what stuff. What does that mean? You know, flip it up, flip it down. I don't know. These kids are just saying crazy Mach stuff. Mach 5? Yeah. I'm gelatinous. I just can't keep up with the shit. Mm. Um, but anyway, before we get out of here, I want to make a quick suggestion. Yeah. Malcolm and Marie on Netflix. I was just going to say Malcolm in the Middle. It's that. a great show as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Malcolm and Marie on Netflix. Zendaya, John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son. But he's his own man. You know, he's his own man and he's doing his thing. He's put out some great films. And this movie is such a it's such a screenshot of What is it about? It's a love story. Oh. But it's like a real love story. It's like these two people who are because love's complicated, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like the most accurate portrayal of not that bubblegum, we're on the same page. It's like, man. When you love somebody and you give them all your faults and your secrets and all this stuff, and then they can use that against you, and the the power that you give somebody when you fall in love with them, mm-hmm. they portray it really. It, it it's very volatile and very toxic, but it's real. Yeah, everybody's not you know. Oh, we we never fight and it's perfect. It's like no, this is what it looks like when you love somebody and you're both imperfect people, mm-hmm. and they have all of you invested in them and vice versa so they know how to cut they know how to hit you in a way that nobody else can hit you yeah and vice versa and if you guys ever were to go there so this is the this movie is based on a night where they go there they have the biggest fight that they've ever had Mm -hmm. and they pull it all out yeah all the all the swords and everything that i got that i know i can it's a wrap like a little dick and stuff like that what like i mean more profound than that, but yeah, sure. The little dick of like your emotion, your emotional little dick, oh, not okay. like literal little dick, but okay. your, like whatever your little dick is emotionally, oh, they right. go right at that. Okay, and it's just it's like the biggest fight they've ever had, and it's I mean Zendaya is a, it's a, a acting powerhouse. John David Washington's great, and it's just them. Is that his name? His name's John David Washington. Yes. All right. I mean that's his name, man. I don't. I can't change it. I'm sorry. You look, you're all disgusted. Like you're in lemon. That's boring. <laughs> Take that up with Denzel Washington, man. I don't know. John <laughs> David. Dude, Listen, Washington? man, he's a great actor, man. I don't know. Boring. His name. His name is Denzel. Yes, his name is Washington. Yes. Fabulous name. Sure, great name. John. Good to bet in that, man. John. I have no control over his name being. And John they did David. a movie named John Q. Maybe, you know maybe that stuck that's to him. I don't know. You know. I'm about to walk out of here. <laughs> but that's why he named him. I don't think that that's why he named his son John. <laughs> but <laughs> this has been another episode of. Oh, no, those are what? those are bombs. Sorry, guys. I'm better with the soundboard than that usually. Uh, oh, yeah. That, yeah, the debatable. Uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. And listen to all the new listeners. Again, if you enjoy what you're hearing, we hope to see you next time. But if you don't, that's cool, man. Enjoy your life. Deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 